This well, good morning, little brother. Is early break with Zip and Jay brought to you by Gaina Trucking. Weekday mornings from six to eight on ninety-three-seven. The ticket and the ticketfm.com. We are joined now by Husker Online, Sean Callahan. Sean, good morning. We just had a conversation in the last segment uh, regarding the transfer portal. It has provided some good stories in college football like Michigan State this year, but it's also resulted in a lot of names going in every single day in college football. I'm curious, Sean, your view after two years of this portal, basically. Uh, are, are you in favor? Do you like, does, it, does it make football better or does it muddy it up? Well, I mean... I think it does muddy it up, but I don't know any other way around it. Guys were going to transfer, but, yeah, the whole sit out for a year and the coach would release you. I mean, it, it was kind of just an archaic rule before yep. um, that the coach held somebody right. I mean, just think about Oklahoma right okay. now. And okay. What Lincoln Riley did, you know, they played a game at 1030 at, until 10.30 at night on Saturday, and uh, Sunday morning he was um, the coach of USC – um, so I, I get it. I mean, the players need to have some um, some flexibility when the coach you maybe came to play for can can leave literally overnight like that. Occasionally, <clears throat> Sean Callahan of HuskerOnline.com, you'll hear a player. You'll hear this sometimes. A player say, "Well, I don't. I don't think you should commit to a coach. You should commit to a university." What do you? What? What? What's your reaction when you hear that? Oh, you know, I, I don't. Um, I don't disagree with that either. I mean, I, I think like Jojo Doman, who I've gotten to know really well doing the show, said mm-hmm. the same thing. It's like I committed to play for Nebraska. I didn't commit to necessarily Mike Riley or a coach. Um, you know, I, I committed for what the school is. And um, but you know, it's not always like that. Not everyone. Not everyone has that mentality. Um, you know, they, they they commit to a position coach. I mean, you think about when Nebraska had like Dante Williams and Keith Williams, guys like that. I mean. There were specific guys that those guys were to recruit that were coming just because of them, and you know that that's recruiting. And the assistant coach honestly has just as big of a pull as a as a head coach sometimes when a certain assistant coach leaves a program. Okay, Sean Callahan joins us. Let's get to how you make your money, Sean. What do you think we're going to hear from Adrian Martinez? What do you think, and he'll say, and when do you think we'll hear it? Well. Yeah, to my understanding, they have not had a conversation with him. Yeah, mainly because they played Friday and they literally got on a plane to start recruiting, you know, over the weekend. And Scott Frost is trying to hire coaches. So um, those conversations will come. Um, but, you know, he, had, he just had his surgery as well um, a week ago today. Um, but, yeah, yeah they, they've got to hire a coordinator. They've got to say, figure out kind of what's next. But, I mean, he's going to be out probably six plus months. So, you know, he's in a tough position for his football future right now um, because if he were to go on the portal, how marketable is he being out for six months, missing a spring um, to a school that, you know, are they going to really put all their future on a guy that, you know, you don't know how healthy his throwing arm is going to be coming back off of that with a shoulder surgery. So um, I'm really intrigued where this all goes with Adrian Martinez. In terms of the coaches, Sean, I'm curious. And we hear Mickey Joseph's name a lot in terms for Nebraska for receivers coach and, re- and recruiting. But at, at, at how soon do you think we're going to hear something official, either there or somewhere else, regarding this staff? Yeah, I, I think they they want to get some of these done because of recruiting. I mean, you're 
you're you only now have a week and a half on the road to recruit before the break. January, then you can be out in full force with everybody again. But the pre-early signing day, you know, it would be nice. Like if Mickey Joseph is the guy, where he could go in home visit Victor Jones, and they haven't they haven't actually in homed him yet. Now they've been kind of putting it off. Um, Grant Page, you know, go and see those guys. Um, with the new position coach, just to give those kids a you know a feel who their guy is going to be, who the co- coordinator is going to be, et cetera. So um, you know, there's just not a lot of time though. You know, with this early signing day in December and only two weeks of in-home visiting and only two weekends of official visits over that period before the signing day. Um, you know, think if you're playing in a conference championship game, you only get one week on the road. Um, so this the recruiting was really done in June this year. Um, you know, you, you get a couple of weeks now, but that month of June is is where most of the recruiting was done, and and now you're just trying to, you know, dot uh, dot your eyes and cross your teeth. Sean, okay, so Nebraska has nine players in its class of 22 right now, um, 2022. What? How many more do you think they even want to sign on December 15th, as opposed to just going in the portal and getting guys? Yeah, I think you're going to see four or five more high school guys. I mean, they're, they're bringing Mark, Marcus Hartstock Jr. in at Mississippi Corner this weekend. Uh, Brody Tagoloa from um, California, defensive lineman. Um, you know, Emmett Johnson is coming in the next weekend. Um, he's a running back from Minnesota. Um, you know, they're, they're trying to get this Abilene Christian cornerback in this weekend, too. So, yeah, I, I think when you look at what this class is going to be, you know, Scott Frost needs guys that can help him honestly next year. Like, you can't worry about a developmental freshman player right now. If you're Scott Not Frost. Really. That's just the Not reality really. of where yeah. things are at right yeah. now. He, he's got to worry about guys that can help him beat Iowa and Wisconsin next year. Not necessarily in 2025. Right. So it kind of it's interesting now. The the question and Sean, I don't listen. I sometimes I know what we do. We ask you questions that are almost unanswerable. But <laughs> I mean, it is. But but is there any concern you have when it gets down to this? And you have to kind of you have to emphasize the transfer portal and immediate impact players at the maybe a little bit of the expense of freshmen, incoming freshmen. Does does that could that impact the long term growth of your program? Is what I'm getting at there. Um, it can, but the long-term growth in some areas has been, I mean, you look at the depth chart, I mean, you shouldn't have like 50 freshman scholarship guys. I think it's like 47 now or something. Yeah. 49. And the, the, um, and that number is shrunk though, by a couple of Savion Morrison and yes, Barbara true. Scott. Yeah. You know, the reason they have so many freshmen is they redshirted everybody in 2019. We didn't know the pandemic was going to happen. It's like Ty Robinson's still a freshman. That whole group of guys is still freshmen this year. Um, so it really unbalanced. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. They really threw off, COVID threw off their numbers. They've got to get some older 
guys in there as well to kind of balance up their roster with some of the portal players that previously had lost. Okay. Join my Sean Callahan. Sean, take us back to Friday. Nebraska loses to Iowa. They had a big lead, but they blow it. But I'm curious about your impressions on Logan Smothers. The first real time we saw him play a full game. Uh, had a 15-point lead. They lost it. Uh, they lose by seven. But in terms of his performance, what, what were your thoughts, and how do you think he fits into the picture for next year for Nebraska? Yeah, I thought they came out with a good plan. Obviously, um, I'll give Iowa a lot of credit. They adjusted. Um, you know, I, I think Nebraska threw the kitchen sink at Iowa in the first half. A lot of things that they maybe weren't necessarily prepared for. And Nebraska ran for around 115 rushing yards and a half on a great Iowa defense. Then Iowa moved their linebackers out of the box. They played the option different. Um, yes, Nebraska had that 94-yard scoring drive in the third quarter, but that was it. That was it. Um, I mean, Nebraska rushed the ball. I still can't believe the stat. 16 carries for 18 yards in the second half. Mm. And, you know, mm. you're not going to beat anybody doing that, no. period. No. Um, and, you know, the, the the rushing stat to me was – and once again, Nebraska was averaging over eight yards a play on first down in the game um, on like 20-some first down snaps. So Nebraska was brilliant on first down. But as we know, the rest of the game – um, the offense is sputtered. Okay, Sean, I'm going to throw a little curveball at you here. I was looking at a Barry Trammell article yesterday. Now, Sean, shift into Oklahoma mode here. Oklahoma's got to hire a coach, right? You understand that? Lincoln Riley's off to USC. What if I told you the next coach in Oklahoma could be Matt Rule? From Baylor, right? He's the, no. the Carolina Panthers head Carolina coach. Carolina Panthers. Yeah, former Baylor coach. Former yeah, Baylor. I mean – Sure. I mean, he's definitely a possibility. I mean, I, I think there's a lot of possibilities in Oklahoma. Brett Venables, this might be the job. Yes, to get to. could be. Yes. Um, the timing is good for him right now with Clemson not in the playoff race. Um, that, you know, he could move right over now. Um, Castiglione is a good athletic director. He's going to go through this process, but he hasn't had to do it. You think about Castiglione, you know, in the 20-some years, he made the stoops higher and then – yeah. Lincoln Riley stepped exactly. in right away, but it, just talk about, I mean, the, just the way that all this stuff went down. I mean, there's no easy way to do it either. That's the thing. Like people are critical about Lincoln Riley, how it went down. How's the right way to do that? I, I don't know. Right. I don't either. And by the way, Sean, Matt rules, just someone that Barry Trammell threw out. There's no smoke or anything. It's just a, it's just sort of a wish list. Um, but no, you're right. I don't know what, if there's a good way for Brian Kelly to leave, except Sean. I mean, Notre Dame is still in the college <laughs> football playoff hunt. I mean, they, <laughs> they have a chance still. Right, right. So it's a little weird. I'm curious, Sean. You know, Brian Kelly goes to LSU. Is there, is there any? Do you view LSU as a better job than Notre Dame in your opinion? Um, yes, I do. Okay. In the sense of what you can get in recruiting. Um, I mean, just think about the transfer portal. How many transfer portal guys can transfer into Notre Dame? Not very many, um, you know, because the academic requirements. You just can't transfer to Northwestern or Stanford or yeah. Notre Dame. So the portal era Good is going to be really tough on the academic institutions because yeah. of that. Hmm. And so at LSU, he's going to get access to a type of player he never could have got into Notre Dame. Sure. And I think Makes he sense. sees that. He's like, look, I, I've taken Notre Dame to this level but we can't get the same guy Saban's getting. Hmm. And and I want to be able to beat Saban. I want to be able to get guys like he's getting and have a shot to beat him. Good hmm. point, Sean. Always great stuff. Thank you for the time. We will chat with you again next week. 
All right, guys. Good job, Sean. Huster Online, Sean Callahan. Hey, hold on real real quick. A couple things. Barry Trammell, Barry Trammell, our friend Barry Trammell of the Oklahoman. His wish list was number one. He had 25 guys on it. Hit me. I'm ready. I'm ready. ready? I have not seen this. Okay, yeah, it was interesting. I was thinking about you. I should have sent it. Matt Rule. Matt Rule's number one. Number one. Yeah, Matt Rule's number one. He said Barry Trammell says he's the most impressive coach slash personality I've ever been around he's been around barry's been around stoops he's been around switzer um he just got torched by the miami dolphins last sunday matt rule did i watched it <laughs> yeah rule doesn't he have like a quarterback a bum, he looked like a bum in that game he doesn't have a quarterback right well, he doesn't have a quarterback matt rule no he does not at carolina no. okay number two barry has shane beamer Interesting. That's yeah. his top. That's Barry two. Trammell's top two. Yeah. He 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 said this about Shane Beamer, who's the South Carolina coach who's been at Oklahoma. He's been an assistant at Oklahoma. He said, this is Barry Trammell. If Beamer still was on the Oklahoma staff and had not taken the South Carolina head coaching mm-hmm. job last December, I think he already would have been named Riley's successor. Interesting. Okay. He says a tremendous people person and obvious leader, great football pedigree. Number three is Brent Venables. Number four is Matt Campbell. Matt Campbell, four. Number five is Fickle. Um, number six is Mark Stoops. To my great disappointment, my pick for this job, Josh Heupel, is number 16 on yeah, his list. Yeah, that's why I told you. He's, <laughs> oh, he's that just not me. an option yet. <laughs> he's what, here's what he says about my pick, Josh Heupel. Heupel at 43 would be an intriguing candidate. Success at Central Florida plus a very promising maiden season at Tennessee. And quarterbacking the Sooners to the 2000 national title will always keep him an Oklahoma hero. But Heupel was bitter after Bob Stoops fired him as an offensive coordinator, and Heupel hasn't really restored those relationships. Yeah, I, 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 again, he, he is a candidate, but I don't know how high he is. That's about right to me. He has him 16. He yeah. has Jay Norvell 17, by the way, former Nebraska assistant. Uh, but his top, we'll say his top five. Matt, Matt Rule. Rule, number one. This is not, this is just a wish list. He says, he opens the column by saying, I have no inf- I have no idea who OU will hire. But number one on his list, Matt Rule. Number two, Shane Beamer. Number three, Brent Venables. Number four, Campbell. Number five, Fickle. Hello. At interesting order, let's say that. Yeah. I think most would put Campbell and Fickle one, two, or at least up there ahead yeah. of Beamer and Rule mm-hmm. and Venables. Yeah, I just think Fickle's not an option because I don't think he wants to go there. And, oh, what he I says think- is interesting, Bob. What, what he says is interesting. That, that the fact Fickle's going to be in the college football playoff it's maybe rules him out just because Good. of that. Sure, we've got things to focus on, yeah. man. Yeah. When we come back, Song of the Day and the Mailbag on Early Break and the Ticket.